but we'll do the best we can. Thank you all for being here. The song says, we will wait upon the Lord. We will wait upon the Lord. We will wait upon the Lord. It just keeps saying that. And that's what we're going to talk about today. Wait upon the Lord. Wait upon the Lord. We're going to wait on Him. Um, because our prayer needs to be persistent. It needs to be something that we can stick with. And we'll talk about why. Once again, thank you for being here this morning. Thank you for your good singing and your participation and um, being alive and uh, well uh, today. <clears throat> it's good to be together. And it's good to be um, here with you all. And I appreciate it very much that you uh, made effort to be here. Thank you also for all those that came out yesterday and uh, helped us clean up the highway. It was a good time. We had lots of fun and, and uh, got a lot accomplished. And as you drive up and down 402 now, there's lots of big orange trash bags full of trash that uh, the DOT will pick up probably Monday morning. And uh, so we got our section of road cleaned up. That's a good thing. It's a great service um, to the community, um, to the area. And I think that's an awesome thing. So thank you for that. We're going to look at a passage of scripture that we briefly touched on last week. It's in uh, the book of Luke, Luke chapter 18. And um, there's going to be a couple of these passages of scriptures th- th- today that um, are not going to be on the screen. I want you to find in your own Bible. So let's go there, Luke chapter 18. And uh, we're going to start reading in verse 1. <clears throat> Luke chapter 18. Flip over in your Bibles, flip over in the pages. Uh, if you've got your electronic version, flip over. Uh, in your electronic version, and I'm going to actually be reading out of the NLT on this particular passage. So if you've got that one, pull it up, and that way you can follow along directly um, with what I'm reading there. Luke chapter 18, uh, starting in verse 1. Before we do that, let's look to God in prayer. God, thank you so much for the opportunity once again to be together this morning. I thank you for giving us a place to meet and allowing us to be uh, part of your kingdom here on this earth. And God, I pray that as we look at what prayer means and the persistence that we need to have in prayer, that we'll be able to gain more understanding uh, about what you want out of us and, and what we need to expect from you. God, I pray that you'll bless this morning. Pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Luke chapter 18. Like I said, we read this passage last week. Uh, we just kind of breezed over it. I want us to look at it again this morning. We're talking about persistence and how persistence pays off in our prayer, our prayer life, how we need to be persistent. Let's look at it. One day Jesus told his disciples a story to show that they should always pray and never give up. So this is the story Jesus uses. There was a judge in a certain city, and he he said, who neither feared God nor cared about people. A widow of that city came to him repeatedly saying, give me justice in this dispute with my enemy. Let me stop right there. Who was coming to this judge? It was, one, a woman, and two, a single woman. She had lost her husband, therefore she had no way, really, to get to that court system. Um, Obviously, in this particular day and age, it was highly um, a male-dominated society, and so it was very difficult for a woman to ever get to the court system, and let alone if she was a, a widow, it would have been even more difficult. So think about that as well. Give me justice in this dispute with my enemy, she says. Verse 4. The judge ignored her for a while. But finally he said to himself, I don't fear God and care about people, but this woman is driving me crazy. 
I'm going to see that she gets justice because she is wearing me out with her constant requests. Interesting. Then the Lord said, Learn a lesson from this unjust judge. Even he rendered a just decision in the end. So don't you think God will surely give justice to his chosen people who cry out to him day and night? Will he keep putting them off? I tell you, he will grant justice to them quickly. But when the Son of Man returns, how many will he find on earth who have faith? We've been talking about faith. We've been talking about prayer. We've been talking about what this looks like in our own lives. I want us to look today about persistence. In this particular passage, we see that the persistent one got answered. And Jesus used this as an example for us in how we pray. So let's define persistence for just a minute. What is persistence? Persistence is not giving up. It's sticking with it. It's going the extra mile, going the extra whatever it is to get the, the job accomplished. Per- persistence is, is not giving up. Persistence is asking over and over and over again. That's persistent prayer. We're asking over and over again. Persistent prayer puts us in a position of dependence and also in a position of surrender. Parents, what do you say when your 14-year-old comes by and says, Dad, Dad, I need five bucks for tomorrow. <laughs> no. Dad, you don't understand. I need five bucks. That's it to be like the other kids. Then definitely no. If it's just to be like the other kids, then definitely no. Dad, we're trying to collect money for this teacher at school who needs something. Uh, probably, probably not. Dad, she has a daughter who's going to need the surgery, and she's, she's already taken all of her sick days to be with her daughter that has a disease. We're, we're, we're taking up this collection so that she can take a couple of extra days to be with her daughter. Why didn't you say so in the first place? Here's 10 bucks. Right? What happened in this situation? There was persistence. There was persistence in asking. And notice each time that she asked, there was more detail. And also notice that she was getting more and more tuned in to the real need. Persistence pays off. And in so many ways, it pays off. Look at 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 and verse 17. This is a really long one. For those of you who like to memorize long passages of Scripture, this is the one you should find. 1 Thessalonians 5.17 says what? Pray continually. Or pray without ceasing. Do not stop. It's like an officer who never is really off duty. Do you think if someone came in here today and began to harass someone physically... Do you think our officer would sit in the back of the room and just not do anything about it? No, I don't think so. In fact, I know Matt well enough, and I don't even know Matt that well, but I know Matt well enough that he's even going to be a little proactive on the issue. If he sees something traffic-wise, safety-wise, something like that, he's going to speak up. It's not, he's never off duty. Brittany might think he's off duty once in a while. But most of the time, Matt's going to be on on duty all the time. And it's that way with us as Christians. When we're praying continually, we are on duty all the time. We never stop praying. We never stop asking God to help out. 
It doesn't matter who we run into. If we're constantly praying, no matter who we run into in our lives on a daily basis, whether we're working with our kids, whether we're working with our employees, whether we're working with our employer, whether it's, it's family or whether it's friends we're, we're interacting with, if we're constantly in prayer, we're on duty. We're doing what it, we need to get accomplished. We're always on the job when we're playing, praying continually. Ephesians chapter 6 and verse 18 it says, and pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and keep on praying for all the Lord's people. Church, we need to be praying for each other. We need to be praying continually for each other. There's less people in the chairs this morning. Why? Well, I don't know why, but you know what? We need to be praying for those people. And we need to be praying for each other. Those of us who are here, we need to be praying for each other. Constantly praying. Always on duty. Always lifting up others to God. And you know what? The hardest thing about persistence is that it takes time. <laughs> well, duh. The hardest thing about taking time to be, to be persistent is the time that it takes. Yeah, I understand that. And sometimes it seems like a waste because you lift up the same thing over and over and over again to God. But it's not. It's not a waste. The hardest thing about persistence is that it, it takes time. If there's no junk in my life, if, if I've eliminated sin, if there's no more static on the frequency like we talked about last week, then why is God making me wait? Why is He making me wait? Why is He not just giving me what I'm asking for? I know that what I'm praying for is within His will, I've eliminated junk from my life. Why isn't he answering my prayer? Why is he saying, wait? I believe that one of the reasons why God says wait is because persistent prayer brings us into alignment with him. It brings us into alignment with God. Again, it's much like parenting. It's funny how some things are, are, only get asked once. You ever experienced that as a parent? We had an opportunity to get away for a, a one night this week. Uh, we went up to Estes Park. They didn't, kids didn't have school on Friday, so we cruised up to Estes Park and spent the night up there. And, and it's sort of a tradition when we only go up for one night that we wake up the next morning and we go to the little supermarket up the hill. It's a great little supermarket. Dad and I used to deliver donuts to there uh, a long time ago, back in the day. Just the other day, we were delivering donuts up there. They don't have good donuts like that anymore. I don't know, they just kind of dropped that. So we were kind of bummed out when we got up there. But anyway, the task was to go in and get something to eat and something to drink. So Kasslyn went in there and she had heard Cameron say something about Bing. Have you ever had a Bing? One of those sodas, they're kind of tall and skinny. They're a black cherry soda, really tasty. They've got lots of caffeine in it. And Kasslyn heard Cameron say something about it. And so she pulled me over to the, to the little refrigerator door and she opened it up and she said dad can I have a bing and I said are you sure that's a lot of caffeine for this early in the morning and that was the end of it she probably doesn't even know what caffeine really is but that was the end of it she could hear my negative tone when she asked the question and she moved on to something else. 
Castlin aligned with dad and I didn't even say no. I just asked her a question. Do you really think that that's what you want? Sometimes it doesn't even take a response at all. Before the request is even out of my mouth, before it's even a complete thought in my head, I align myself with God at times. I get it, God. I don't need that. I get it. I understand now. And sometimes it's not even something I, I verbalize. It's not even something that I, and like I said, not even a complete thought before I align with God and say, I understand. Okay, God, I understand that I don't, I don't need that. All it is sometimes is that vertical connection, that, that opening up, that prayer life or that, that prayer time with God. Dear God in heaven, all it is is that opening. And all of a sudden, our lives and our hearts and our minds begin to be aligned with God. Because sometimes I come to God with this real selfish attitude, with this real selfish kind of like, God, I need you right now. But just by opening up in prayer, by getting his attention, by getting a vertical connection in place, sometimes my heart and mind get aligned with God and I say, you know what? That's not what I need. That's not what I really need. I align with God. It's like the Garth Brooks tune. Some, some of God's greatest gifts are unanswered prayer. Sometimes we don't even understand what we really need. That Luke 18 passage in verse 7. Look at it again if you've got your Bible open to there still. Verse 7 of, of chapter 18. It says, And will not God bring about justice for his chosen ones who cry out to him day and night? Will he keep putting them off? I tell you, he will see that they get justice and quickly. However, when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on the earth? Oftentimes, these waiting moments, these ones where we have to wait for God to answer. When God answers, not yet. He puts us in a a waiting room. He puts us in a holding pattern. And it's for the purpose, oftentimes, of refining our character. Of getting our character to align with what it is that God wants. We're putting in a, in a waiting room of refinement. Paul was there once, remember? In 2 Corinthians, look at it with me. 2 Corinthians chapter 12, and starting in verse 7, it says, So that I would not become too proud of the wonderful things that were shown me. A painful physical problem was given to me. This problem was a messenger from Satan sent to beat me and keep me from being too proud. Verse 8 says, I begged the Lord three times to take this problem away from me. I think three times is just a figure of speech. I don't think it was actually just three times. Paul begged constantly, God, please take this from me. Eliminate this problem from my life. Don't make me put up with this any longer. I'm, I'm tired of this, God. I don't want to, be, to, to face this issue in my life anymore. We're not told what this was that Paul was given. Some say it was eyesight. Some say it was some physical ailment. We're not sure what it is. But bottom line is, Paul went to God continually. He went to God often and asked for it to be removed. But what does verse 9 say? But it said to me, but he said to me, God answered me. He said, my grace is enough for you. When you are weak, my power is made perfect in you. 
So I am very happy to brag about my weaknesses. Then Christ's power can live in me. Sometimes God doesn't change our situation. Because the dependence on him that this problem is bringing is really what's best for us. Did you hear me? Sometimes the dependence on God is exactly what God's trying to get accomplished. And therefore, it may not be taken away. Have you ever played the game, Would You Rather? Have you ever heard of that game? Would You Rather? Some of them like, would you rather be invisible or be able to read minds? What do you think? Somebody answer me. Would you rather be invisible or be able to read minds? It's, it's varied. That was, a, that was a varied one. How about this one? Would you rather be rich and ugly or poor and good looking? <laughs> it's a good one. How about this one? Would you rather forget who you were or who everyone else was? Hmm. Interesting. That one's a little tougher to answer, isn't it? Would you rather go without TV or without junk food for the rest of your life? <laughs> How about this one? Would you rather be three feet tall or be eight feet tall? Which would you rather? Some of you are most of the way there, so you're able to deal with that already. How about this one? Would you rather know when you are going to die or how you are going to die? Hmm. (laughs) Think about this one with me. Would you rather fix all of the injustices in the world by your prayer or have God change you into a better person because of your persistent prayer. If God gave you the ability to pray one time and he would fix anything that you prayed about, but never really have a good relationship with him, or would it be better to be persistent in prayer, to be constantly praying and be persistent in it, And have a good relationship with an almighty God. Do you see where God's at here? It's just like being a parent. Would you rather be able to just always give your kid exactly what they wanted? Or would you rather have a relationship with them? Even if sometimes you had to say no. You get the difference? It's a win-win if we are persistent in our prayer. The more time we spend in prayer, the more aligned we become with God's will for our lives. We get better when we continue praying. God says wait because it aligns us with him and his will. Why does God say wait? Well, because we become better people. We become better. We become more in tune with who he is. And secondly, uh, There's going to be times when we pray persistently, when we ask God for something that we know is within his will, but, and we also know that we have, we've cleaned the inside of the cup, right? We've removed the the static from the frequency. There's still going to be times when we don't fully understand why he makes us wait. We've been given an opportunity to speak to the creator of the universe. This is a, a gift A blessing from God to be able to communicate directly with Him. 
and he will listen. And if this brings God closer to us and brings us closer to God, then the opposite is also true. The less we pray, the farther from God we are. The other fact is this. If God enjoys our prayers, then Satan hates them. And if it makes Satan angry when I pray, I'm going to pray just for that reason alone. Wouldn't you? If you knew that you were making Satan angry, wouldn't you pray more often? Yeah, I think we should. Spiritual warfare happens when we go to God in prayer. When we're depending on God in prayer, Satan loses his grip on our lives. When you open up that vertical connection, when you say, dear God in heaven, Father God, answer us today. When that is opened up, we start to understand his perspective. Satan loses his grip on our lives. We lose our selfishness. We lose our selfish ambition and what we're trying to get accomplished. And we start to align with what God's asking us of us. Satan loses his grip. Therefore, we need to continue to be praying. Ephesians chapter 6 and verse 12. We've read this one often. You're probably familiar with this passage. It says, our fight is not against people on this earth, but against the rulers and authorities and powers of this world, of the world, of this world's darkness, against the spiritual powers of evil in the heavenly world. There's a spiritual battle going on. And sometimes we don't see all that's going on in the spiritual realms. We pray and we pray and then we wait and we wait. We won't always get a clear why. But I believe that part of it may because, maybe because of the things that are, that are unseen. The things that we don't always see. And let me show you why I feel this way. I found this passage this week, and I want to share it with you. And I know it's one that we don't usually go into the book of Daniel and, uh, and look at things because there's a lot of prophecies there, and it's, it's a really somewhat difficult to understand. And I'm not going to even pretend to understand all of Daniel and what he has to say. In fact, there's only a little bits and pieces of it that I understand. So if, you, if you've got your Bible with you today, please turn with me to the book of Daniel. Uh, it's after Psalms and Proverbs, but it's before... Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Ezekiel's a big one. It's right next to Ezekiel. So if you're looking for it, find Daniel in your Bibles. And we're going to look at um, chapter 10 in the book of Daniel. Daniel and his buddies, they go down to the river. And, and they find something very interesting down there. And something interesting takes place down there. Daniel and, and his men and Daniel and the boys are in captivity. They live in a, a foreign country right now. They've been taken sla- as slaves. Obviously, Daniel and his buddies have, been, have risen to the top. And so they are advisors at this point. But, um, but Daniel and his buddies go down to the river and something interesting takes place. Uh, Daniel had been praying and fasting. If you look in the, up in the, in the top of chapter 10 there, it, it says exactly how long he'd been fasting and praying. It says that he'd been giving up certain things and he'd been praying and uh, he'd been praying for three weeks. It says a full three weeks. Seven times three is what? Mathematicians, keep that number in your head. Dan is weak, he's, he's faint, he hasn't eaten for three weeks and the Bible says he's sad. 
Gabe finally makes it to Daniel. Gabriel, the, the, the messenger angel, finally makes it to Daniel. Verse 10, let's start reading. Chapter 10 and verse 10. Just then, a hand touched me and lifted me, still trembling, to my hands and knees. So if he was lifted to his hands and knees, where was he previous? Flat on the ground. Face down, flat on the ground. He feels a hand touch me and lifted him and st- and, and lifted him into a, uh, onto his hands and knees. And the man said to me, we believe it was Gabriel the angel, archangel. Daniel, you are very precious to God. So listen carefully to what I have to say to you. Stand up, for I have been sent to you. When he said this to me, I stood up, still trembling. Then he said, don't be afraid, Daniel. Since the first day you began to pray for understanding and to, to humble yourself before your God, your request has been heard in heaven. I have come in answer to your prayer. Verse 13, but for 21 days, the spirit prince of the kingdom of Persia blocked my way. Then Michael, one of the archangels, came to help me, and I left him there with the spirit prince of kingdom of Persia. Now I am here to explain what will happen to your people in the future, for this vision concerns a time yet to come. I am sure that the the 21-day battle that he is talking about, this Archangel Gabriel is talking about, that they had with this, he had with the spirit, Persia, uh, the spirit prince of Persia was, was just completely a coincidence, right? What do you think? Do you think the 21 days was a coincidence? And just three verses earlier or four verses earlier, Daniel said he'd been praying for three weeks. Gabe finally makes it to Dan after a three-week battle with the spirit prince of Persia. Mike taps in, Gabe taps out, brings Daniel the good news. You see what's going on here? You see what's taking place? And I, I'm not kind of trying to understand all of it. I don't get it all. But I, I do get this part, that one angel comes in and tries to help the other because the other is, has been in battle for three weeks with evidently some sort of demonic being that's keeping Gabriel from making it to Daniel, right? I believe there are times in our prayers don't get answers and, and we, get, we get the answer wait because there's some arranging to be done. There's a possibility here that, that when we pray that the angels are arranging the outcome. They're fighting in the unseen realms against demonic powers that rule this world. Three times in the book of John alone, we re- refers to the prince of this world, talking specifically about Satan himself. Maybe this prince of, this spirit prince of Persia was a demonic being. And maybe Gabriel was trying to fight this demonic being, trying to get to Daniel, trying to arrange things so that he could get to Daniel and, and give him this, this news. I believe there are times in our prayers when we get put in a waiting room that there may be some things going on that we can't see there may be some things getting arranged up there so that our prayer can be answered maybe you have a co-worker or even a relative that doesn't know the Lord maybe, maybe they believe in God but just not giving their life to Him they are for lack of better terms worldly 
They're a typical worldly person. They cheat every now and then and, and just to get ahead and, and every once in a while have a beer or three to, to drown the pain. Maybe they've mentioned an obsession with someone that is not their spouse. Their language isn't offensive to everyone, but to your sensitive ears is less than godly. You know the kind I'm talking about. Maybe, maybe these specific sins aren't the ones that they're guilty of. But you know what I'm talking about. When you ask God that they would become a Christian, God, I care about this individual. And God, I want them to become a Christian someday. I want them to experience the joy and the love and the, and the hope that we have in you. God, allow them to experience your love. When you ask God to send his spirit to convince them to allow Jesus Christ's sacrifice to cover them in a water grave called baptism, what happens? What takes place that first time you, you pray that prayer? Do they come in the next day and say, hey, I want to get baptized. Let's go do this. No. Is that what happens? No. What happens? There's some arranging that goes on, isn't there? The Holy Spirit begins to work on their heart and work on their life. And as you interact with them, as you and maybe others start to interact with that individual, the Holy Spirit comes to work. And there's some arranging that goes on in the spiritual realms. Because you know the spirit that lives within that person. The spirit that is inside is not a godly spirit. It's a selfish spirit. It's a demonic spirit, to be honest. And that spirit needs to be removed so that the Holy Spirit can move within. There's some arranging going on when we're praying. Why doesn't God just jump right to our prayer, our, our, our answers and say, yes, God, yes, yes, Lloyd, yes, yes, church, this is what you need. Here you go. You know, because sometimes there's some arranging that needs to go on in people's hearts and minds. Sometimes we need to understand and give God a little more time to answer our prayer. Why does God put us in a waiting room? Sometimes we don't really know why. There may even be a spiritual battle going on that's unseen by us as humans. And why does persistence pay off? It's because it gets us into alignment with Him. It puts us where we need to be. It gets us thinking like God wants us to think. And we may not even realize the battles that are actually going on beyond our understanding. Like I said, there's some arranging maybe going on. So in order to wrap this up, I, I understand that you know persistent prayer is one of those things that I really think I should continue just praying the same thing over and over and over and over again. Yeah, I do. Because the more we pray, the more in alignment we become. But there are times when we should stop praying. And there's only a few situations when we, when we should stop praying. One of those is when the situation changes. God, please help Grandma to get better. Please help this cancer to go away. When Grandma dies, do we need to keep asking God to take the cancer away? No. How about that job? That job you've been asking God for for months and months and months and months and months. God, give me that job. Give me that job. God, give me that job. It's going to be so much better for my family if I have this job. 
and that job goes to someone else, do you still need to be praying for that same job? No. Right? The, the, the prayer changes. How about that beautiful girl that gets married to someone else after you've been praying for her for years and years and years? Our prayer changes. Our persistence, maybe, it stops and moves to something different. Secondly, our heart could change. That's a reason to stop praying. Our heart could change. You know, maybe prayer aligns you with God's perspective and the need or want is no longer valid. That's a reason to stop praying. And sometimes the prayer just needs to be changed. You know, sometimes we're asking for the wrong things. We're asking the wrong question or we're asking God for the wrong thing. Maybe that's a a reason that we should stop praying. We can stop praying if the prayer needs to be changed. Maybe we're praying for more money. And God's saying, you just need to use the money you have been given in a better way. Maybe we need to change the prayer to God, give me the wisdom and understanding to utilize the money that you've already given me. Maybe it's a relationship. Maybe you're you're praying, God, help them understand that I'm always right and that they need to start listening to me. Maybe it needs to change to, God, help me do relationships right. Help me love them like you love them. What about you as parents? Maybe you need to stop praying that your kids will get perfect grades and start praying that they will learn to love and fear the Lord. Our prayer needs to change once in a while in order to be in alignment with an almighty God. Yeah, persistence. There's times when our prayer needs to change. There's times when our prayer needs to stop because things do change. But for the most part, persistence in prayer pays off. He wants to listen. He likes to hear us pray. Just don't ever stop. Be persistent in prayer. It's for your own good. It's for our own good when he says, wait. When he asks us to wait, when he puts us in that waiting room of refinement and character change, it's for our own good. It's a win-win for all who, who are involved when God says, wait. I know that's not the answer you wanted. I know that's not what you always want to hear when you come to church and say, well, I just want to hear how good God is going to be. And when I ask him, he's, going to, he's just going to give it. Well, there are passages that say that. But that's not what we're talking about today. Persistence in prayer helps align us with God. And oftentimes there are things that are being arranged in the unseen world that we don't fully understand. Be persistent in our praying. You won't be sorry you did. God always allows us an opportunity to pray. And it's a great thing. It's a wonderful gift. It's a good thing. It's a great thing um, to be able to